What's up, everybody? Joseph back with another episode of DFW Creatives, where I shine a spotlight on Dallas-Forth creatives I find inspiring. My special guest today is Amber Crimmings. Amber is the artistic director slash host of Deep Ellum Art Company, located in the rapidly changing neighborhood of Deep Ellum, directly east of downtown Dallas at 3200 Commerce Street. Deep Ellum Art Co., let's just call it Art Co., is a great place to see and buy local art, sell your art, and socialize with other artists and friends. Art Co. is also a great place to grab a tasty beverage, mingle and meet creative people, and then also catch a, a great live show. Amber, thank you for coming on. Thank you, Joseph. Appreciate it. So first of all, I want to talk to you about how uh, Art Co. started. I know it was the brainchild of John and Carrie LaRue. Uh, they're the actual owners of Deep Ellum Art Co. Uh, very, very inspiring people. Could you give us a brief story on how all this started? Um, yes, I can. Uh, John and Carrie LaRue had this amazing concept where they wanted to bring all the creatives together in a spot and venue that supported those creatives in wildly different ways from what they've seen um, take place in their community and in other communities that they've visited. Um, John and Carrie LaRue love the festival concept, love live music uh, concepts, and they love visual art. Um, they love the uh, theater, um, so they have a wide array of interests. Um, they also have background as teachers, which was really great when our paths crossed at multiple festivals many years ago, um, because I am also a certified teacher in the state of Texas. Um, and in talking and in speaking about the concept, uh, they decided that they wanted to bring me onto the project to work with them in order to not only create a space, but create a program that supports um, not only our creatives in getting their uh, either visual or audio art out there, but to create a space that grows that love again for art and to make things feel less intimidating. Um, a lot of, when it comes to visual art, a lot of people these days seem to feel intimidated by galleries or right. feel that this ego is attached when it comes to the fine art scene. And so I approach this with a teacher concept um, that our students or adults who are visual painters who have a lot of experience and a lot of technical proficiency behind their belt, if we can show their work with other people that are learning the business side and how to get their pieces out there and we can get them connected, they can learn from each other and grow. Um, and I think that's where what we do here that's a lot different from what a lot of other spaces um, do. We focus on that development in this space. So not only are we creating a wonderful spot to see art, to celebrate, to enjoy all those really great either Shakespeare Everywhere events or music events that take place here that we're also growing this new love with people who maybe otherwise wouldn't have. Music goers, for instance, aren't typically some of the, uh, like, say EDM. Typically, EDM followers are not the demographic that routinely goes to art museums. But if we can pull art into their spaces and grow that love, we can grow collectors. And our sales show that we're able to do that. And that's super cool as a teacher, because not only are we growing artists, but we're growing people that love artists that in turn are spending money to then support the arts. Yeah, I love it's, that. It's really cool. Uh, so you opened up in 2017. Yes, uh, sir. And yes, uh, call me, call me Joseph. My bad, sorry. Or call me uh, a <laughs> cup of Joe or that, whatever. That I don't know. I'm a big coffee guy. Do you yeah, drink coffee? I love coffee. I'm definitely. I'm a. I'm a 
I, I do a lot of things every day, so caffeine is helpful to my schedule. Uh, yes, I, I, I live it. My offices are coffee shops. Are they? Yeah. yeah, yeah. See, I have a very nice coffee machine at home so that I don't have to always go out and buy coffee. One of those gajas or gajas, like those, it oh, yeah. does the beans and frosts the milk and everything at whatever temperature I want. It's oh, please. My favorite. I, I'm just simple. I just do a Chemex. I just oh, I see, that's good grind too. my own beans fresh from a local roaster and that's nice. let it drip. Yeah, my, I, I kind of like the button push without my brain having to do many <laughs> things before the cup of coffee in the morning. It takes me about 30 minutes to get started, and then, yeah. I'm, then I'm good to go. Well, you guys are really busy here. No time to wait for it to drip. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, so you guys started in 2017, uh-huh. uh, summer, summer 2017, yeah. uh, and it's now 2019, almost 2020. So that's a really, really great run. And like I said, more and more I hear about this place, the, the more positive stuff I hear about Dallas, the Dallas art scene, and the, the really cool community that you've built. Oh, that makes me super happy because we, we really work hard to keep that, uh, that mentality here, that niche that we treat others how we want to be treated. You know, in my artistic career, as I've gone and done multiple things and, and done them in a variety of ways, every step of the way, I had somebody integral that either influenced me, inspired me, or gave me tools in my toolbox that allowed me to be successful as an artist. So being able to have that push that forward concept and with my background as a teacher I taught for five years by Fort Hood so I worked with mainly military students who also mainly have a demographic where they have you know issues like PTSD and very real issues of losing their parents in wars who never come home and so uh, having that experience allowed me to um, take on more tools when it comes to empathetically dealing with people and speaking to people and hurting them in ways uh, of a positive and calm attitude rather than forcing them or telling them that they're dumb for doing things exactly i agree that's a great way that ego out at all times um i think that that's something that helps really work towards building that feeling of community here Um, and it it helps our artists feel uh, safer in this environment to experiment Um, I make sure that I always let them know that hey I want you to play with these things like themes that we run on the walls are every three weeks for instance very quick and uh, fast moving Um, and the themes that we also I run those as a teacher concept Our current one that's up is Fruits of Labor, and usually I'll give the artists a piece of writing or a quote that kind of inspired me in developing the theme, and then they're otherwise allowed to interpret and encouraged to interpret in a very wide variety of ways. Mm. And it's really cool when you look at the walls like this show, for instance, you see that wide, diverse, uh, way that they looked at the fruits of labor and interpreted that theme and and yet even though everything's so different on the wall i mean we have bill murray with neck tattoos but then we also have this beautiful (laughs) regal princess and then we've got edward scissorhands all on the same wall yet somehow there's this strain and this line that connects them all and makes it all feel cohesive because you kind of get that underlying feeling this was all influenced and all was part of the plan, basically. Yeah, I can tell. We're, we're actually in the middle of the uh, the space here now and uh, staring at a wall of just amazing art. 
and uh, you guys got to come out here. It's just a beautiful. I love the Joker one. Yeah, that's super great. This is actually Joaquin um, the Phoenix's first time. Joker. That's Canvas Vandal. Mm-hmm. This is the first time I've showcased this artist. We try to inject a new artist into every show, which is every three weeks. We're showcasing new people is our goal, and we usually always hit that goal. Um, because I'm always working to outreach and then uh, hold portfolio reviews without appointments that are easy for people and non-intimidating. And then we've got other people on the wall that have 20,000 followers and that are working on the fine art and show their fine art lane and also show their work on Dragon Street. And then we also have students that are currently in college for art that are nice, showing their pieces on the wall. So it's really awesome to have this Again, super diverse group, which means there's also a super diverse price range. So everybody that thinks they can't afford art, I'd encourage you to come here to ArtCo and look at our wall, because typically we always have at least a couple pieces that are under $100 in every show, um, because we also show a variety of pieces. I'll typically always have a piece on there worth well over uh, 1000 on the wall. Um, because again, there's that diversity that we have in collectors. Some people have bigger pocketbooks and fall in love with pieces. And so it's important to give it all a voice and a space. Yeah, I love that. I love that uh, it's, you know, uh what do you what do you do you're an artist what yes. do you, what do i do i'm an artist yeah. we're the same exactly so we should be treated the same yes and we yeah. should be able to show up to events or uh, gallery shows and talk to each other and learn um, i encourage collaboration as a matter of fact i've got a show coming up january february that is a collaboration theme show and so that's a show that's going to uh, focus on a lot of our artists and artists outside of our group that do collaborative pieces and showcase that work and that learning on the wall because that's exactly what it is. It's an experiment in process uh, and learning uh, how to work with others and that's what we all need in the end. We all need to understand each other's visions. We all need to understand each other's viewpoints. So what better way than to visually demonstrate that with collaborative pieces? And we need each other. Yes, yes. our different, we forget and that's why I think we love art so much because in art we can appreciate the differences and feel free to. I think so many people are angry these days because we've forgotten that our differences, that's where our beauty lays. That, that's where all the beauty lies is in our small minute differences that we have as people or even big ones. Look at the wall. There's minute differences in pieces but then there's huge differences in pieces. Yeah? Anyway. Yeah. No, I, I love it. I love I love that uh, that's that's the beauty of it. And also love uh, that uh, you feature mostly local artists. Yes, we focus on our local group. It's kind of my mindset. I, I feel that my I could go somewhere else to do a mission, but I'd prefer to do that mission here because I think that there's a huge network in the DFW area with all these great, beautiful little creative pockets right now. And I want us all hopefully to work to communicate better. One of my goals is that if I can help artists uh, work together better and create atmospheres that encourage that, then perhaps then we can start working with other boroughs that have the same mindset, because I know we aren't the same. I know there are other wonderful creative areas in the DFW, so how do we work together to grow this community? And instead of Dallas having this 
idea by some that we have a lot of ego and our artists are very competitive with each other. How do we overtake and change that conversation? We, we do that by reaching out and continuing to work with other people. So I hope other people hear this and are like, hey, they're <laughs> like us or they we're will. like them. So let's talk and connect and grow this concept even more because uh, I've got a lot of social experiments in here. I have background in the military. I worked with Intel on PSYOPs. Uh, I, I ran top secret computer systems. Like I did a lot of different things other than art before I came in here. But all those tools have helped me apply concepts typically people don't apply to jobs such as these in order to help uh, grow it a little bit differently and hopefully help grow things in a way that we are seeing a mass change and uplift in creatives. Uh, almost when we first opened, we had artists that came to us that we've worked with since then. And those artists, seeing those principles work, because they're kind of, you know, I, as a teacher, you have like those A students that listen to everything and they yeah, work real those hard. Students. Yeah, uh, those students, right? And then you have the other where students are they now? where it's are harder. They? Jeez. <laughs> but I always want everybody to, to get to the A student but I'm also refining my skills and my techniques in order to make it work in this job stead. But I know from working with the ones that I'm able to uh, help instruct and mentor and that have been implementing those, those, those are artists that are wildly way closer or already paying their bills with their art now when they weren't at all almost that's amazing. two years ago. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. That's like, that's, trajectory changing and that's what I'm all about like even if I just nudge things by 0.5 percent I have permanently nudged a life trajectory yeah and that's how we should all approach um, other creatives when we are creative mindsets that's how we should approach differences yeah I think you said it uh, maybe a couple minutes ago you approach people that you're all on the same team yeah. We're all out here doing what we love, and we all want to better ourselves by connecting with people and uh, uh, celebrating our differences uh, and, you know, embracing what we are and, and how we, uh, we are all the same. Yes, and, and artists... And I think having that mentality is, 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 is definitely explains the results that y'all are having here, but I think the, the long run and the trajectory that you may want to go. I think you, you have it in your heads, the right message. I think, I think so. Yeah, I hope so. Um, I'm always willing to change because in the end, nothing's effective unless it's benefiting the artists and, and you know, and, and growing the community because of course the offset of that is of course you make money and you get to keep the business open. But the, the, the biggest thing is, do you gain local creative trust? Yeah, because nothing works without trust from the creatives and the artists. And so that's how we've been able to grow this program. Because if we hadn't worked in that manner, instead of starting out with a certain group of artists and having that diminish, we've started out and our group of artists have has grown and flourished. I mean, I have a contact list of over 350 different artists that are anywhere from visual to textile to sculpture to welding to teaching. So being able to pull those things in and being able to work with people like Andrew Scott who runs the animation department, um, being able to pull his students in here and have them work on our projection mapping uh, programming and being able to give them jobs with incoming musical acts that need uh, 
uh, VJs to come in and run visuals during shows. Like, that's really great because now we're not just talking about our visual artists on the wall. Now we're talking about feeding students and providing them jobs in the meantime and showing them career paths where they can apply these creative tools that they're learning in colleges. Um, I wanted to be a professor a really long time ago before I came into this job, but our education system has changed quite a bit. So in this manner, I get to kind of act like one, except I don't have to do it with many rules. Sounds like you're doing some counseling, like some career counseling. <laughs> yeah, trying to. I mean, at, at the career end. Career on fire. Well, you need career counseling. I mean, when you look at the statistics of our college graduates, almost 90% of our colleges across the U.S., for our visual artists do not include business classes at all. Let me repeat that. Please our do. Our artists are entrepreneurs, yes? And we include zero business classes in 90% or more of our college degrees. We, we are educating artists in a way with our current, current workforce scape and, and, and scape when it comes to being a professional, we're educating them in ways where we're giving them half-filled toolboxes. And so that's been one of my core things here and that I work very hard with artists and you can ask any of the ones that I work with. I am always preaching how to inject business principles into what you do, not shifting your passions, not shifting the core and soul of who you are and what you want depicted in your work, but how do you make how do you make small changes? How do you implement business principles that make you more effective at that? Um, doing things like having an artist talk on our YouTube channel. We did a two-hour for free bookmaking class for small business. Wow. Uh, done by Day Davies. She's an amazing bookkeeper. Um, she's also the wife of the amazing Jared Davies, who is a local artist who does mural work. Yeah, yeah, yeah wonderful you know work. Jared. Yeah. He has a beautiful mural piece um, out in our backyard and pieces all over DFW. So to have his wife come in here and give that class was such a joy that she I was bet. of the same mindset for the community. And we had a lot of artists that came and that were so pleased at the help that they received free of charge because education's not a uh, commodity. Um, and these are th small things though that help people be more successful. Yeah, Th these are, she had tools that they didn't have and she shared them, now they're better. Yeah, and so I if we can do that and then have them share tools, yeah, to help other artists, because they can do that in a multitude of ways, talking. They can come in and do collaborative things with other artists. And then we also, I'm trying to get an education program set up for our community, and then one for our artists as well. So hopefully in the next, I, I keep saying I'm gonna have time for this. It's a really, really big job getting something like that set up, but that's, that's one of our core goals here, is to continue to grow the community. And so education, since we are, a music venue so typically during the day we we are open as you see yes so we have the opportunity to do things like utilize this space for incoming teachers um, to give classes or for artists to use our outdoor space um, for even studio work say an artist lives in an apartment and they can't build a canvas there because they can't run power tools we have 14,000 square feet outside 
Yeah, I, I can show them how to use power tools. I know if you want me in here, I'll probably make a really bad mess. That's okay. I'm very, I'm very good at mom nagging on cleaning up afterwards. I'm like Tim the Toolman Taylor. Are here. you? Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'm very handy. I used to remodel houses with my parents. I've run construction sites before, so uh, I'm, I'm very handy. And plus, I know other people that are handy at things I'm not handy at, so I'm smart enough to know I'm not smart enough. One of John LaRue's favorite sayings that has become my also favorite saying, because it's true. Like, if we're all smart enough to know we're not smart enough, and then we can pull each other's strengths together, then as a unit, we're much more successful. And past business shows us that creates success, because uh, Dolly, Pollock, Warhol, they were all friends, all friends. And they all bounced off each other, and they, they bounced off collectors, and they utilized each other's success in order to help their group grow. So I, I think it's really important that we look at history and we see what has worked um, instead of just the typical gallery route that's controlled by five ultra curators, because there's certainly more than one way to become successful uh, as an artist. And it looks different for different people. Some people are successful when they end up in a museum in a city. For other people, they're successful when they're just paying their bills. Yeah, so it, it's not up to us to determine an artist's legitimacy based on their success, but it's our, their legitimacy based on their passion and whether they're reaching their goals or working towards them. Sorry, I'm a lecturer. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. Uh, well, I like a, a lot of the things that you notice uh, because I, I, I'm very much, uh, as a photographer, I'm very visual. And uh, I was an art, art director and a graphic designer for like 13 years. And so I, 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 were, I had to work. I had to learn being an isolated designer to working with a bunch of people and then also giving them directions and then trying to help improve that. And there's these little aspects of how you think and process and how you want to share the information and how you relay it that I can actually personally relate to. So it's kind of refreshing oh, okay, to hear cool. a lot of that. Yeah. Um, and also the uh, perspective of seeing how uh, a lot of like minds attract one another. You, you mentioned artists, they all uh, supported uh, and hung out with one another, uh, you know, the ones that were alive uh, because they appreciated one another, uh, like filmographers. Mm. Maybe sometimes photographers, though. <laughs> uh, there's a big kind of a running joke with like, the, oh, you like my lens? It's bigger than yours, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, we, they like to compare equipment, so I don't like to be a part of that too much. I'm just the guy that like, oh, are you going to fall off that roof hanging down like that? And I'm like, yeah, jealous. Um, but no, no, I love all, I love uh, your perspectives on everything. Uh, it's a very refreshing and it's cool because our customers love it. Like our customers come in here and there's always a brand new wall, which is really great because I know since you said you've been here a couple times, you're able to see like how this one wall filled up with art can change how the entire space feels, which is really cool because it feels like we're reinvented every three weeks. Because well, yeah. I, try, I try to do the shows so that they are wildly different every couple weeks. Yeah. Well, I've been uh, here, uh, y'all had a pin show. Uh -huh. Like pins that you yeah. put on wherever yeah, you want. Filled up with tables and such. Yeah, you 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 have this big old open area along with the huge walls, and uh, you know there were people setting up whatever they could imagine. This one girl set up like a a cardboard truck, like mm -hmm. it looked like a food truck or something, and she's just like 
made a little window where she can like perch out and like you know here's my stuff so i liked that idea of that it wasn't just like tents or just kind of a generic setup that a lot of uh, vendors or um, art promoters yeah. uh, communities do and you allow people whoever wants to do something they can do it in here yeah that's kind of fits in with the festival space. concept yeah. again that was john and carrie's larue intention uh, with this having a large space inside that was open and could be moved around and also a large space outside that means when we are on music events we can hold a, basically a mini festival here we can have music inside we can have artists live spray painting outside we could also have part of the burner community uh uh, dancing with fire and, and doing that outside in a huge fire circle. We can also do drum stuff. And, and fire marshals. Foods. Fire marshals on site, of course, because we're right <laughs> across kidding. the street from code enforcement and DPD. So you, we're you, a yeah, great location are, to joke. ensure that we are always doing things correctly. And uh, it's really neat because we are afforded with our site layout the ability to do those sorts of things, which is cool because people love festivals. I love festivals. I love the diversity and things in those. So we really try to add that in. If we have a sold out music event, I have the ability to add artists in the backyard so that while they're waiting for that, for doors to open, or there's in-between on that, customers can go outside and take a come-and-go art class while they're seeing a concert. How often do you hear about that? That's amazing that we're able to do it, and people are taking the classes and enjoying them, and they're discovering new things about themselves. So you handle mostly the, uh, the art-related events, uh, but there's, there's somebody else that handles the music. You have, like, really like kick-ass live shows. Oh yeah, we have amazing live shows. Michael Curvin handles the music. John LaRue also curates all the music. Of course, everything goes through his desk to get his approval, etc. Um, really big into the jam scene here. So there's a lot of that jam crowd and that growth, which they're much the mind, same mindset uh, as far as a, a music demographic of followers. And local yes, musicians here, which is really, local. really awesome because uh, they don't get a spotlight in no, Dallas. No, they don't always. Yeah. So it's really nice um, that we offer things like open mics, which are open, open mics. I mean, you can come in. We've had uh, dragged drag queen lip sync dance routines and spoken word DJs, singer songwriter country everything and it, it's so amazing to see that diversity on the stage and then we always put those things on our youtube channel so that all those musicians that are coming out to do open mic they get the chance to go on see themselves share it out and maybe even use that to self-critique and be like okay i could have fixed that i i do that when i look at artwork or when i look at listen to past podcast oh i shouldn't have stumbled over that word i'll fix that next time so going it's a, too far maybe yeah the maybe. crowd wasn't as big Same. and you tried to crowd crowd surf crowd surf and, and then the you concrete. slammed and then you can watch the video and find at which point that went south and you loop no, it and put it on twitter you yeah. might get a million followers. or that so either way it's kind of beneficial yeah yeah so it's really great that we can do that and help grow the musician side and like you said, give highlights to bands like uh, Try More Mojo. And we've had Remy Riley in here, and she actually did a filming of her video for EP in here. Like, those are really amazing things and amazing creatives that we're able to help support and that we're proud to. And um, they give that love back to us. And that's really cool. Uh, we have bartenders that work here that have worked as bartenders for over 15 years. Yeah, that's uh, the bartenders here are, are awesome. They're amazing. 
uh, and y'all got what, 20, 25, 27 tap? We've beers got on a, tap? We've got a total of 31. We have 31? Twi- 24 beers and wow. then seven uh, in house uh, specialty craft cocktails that we make that are absolutely amazing. The Sweet Dreams is my favorite. That's a coffee based one, by the way, Mr. Coffee hey. Guy. It's got some cold brew in it and it's really, We'll just really, wrap this really up real quick. <laughs> It's really great. Yeah, we have amazing drinks on site. We have spots for up to four food trucks outside. So we have a variety of food that's on site for larger events. Um, And our our bartenders, like I said, they have so much experience. And even they can speak to the specialized responses that we get from customers in here. I think since we've been open, we, we haven't had to kick people out very often, but since we've opened, we have two people that we've kicked out that actually hand wrote us apology letters Aww. and asked for the ability to come back into our atmosphere. And we have bartenders that work here that have literally never seen that happen before. And that's amazing. That means we're affecting customers. Yeah, do on to others as you want done on to you. Exactly. I mean, they're the basics. They teach you it, I think, in kindergarten. And um, I don't think, we, maybe some of us doesn't realize, maybe it took me longer to realize, but those were just like, why are, we, why are we hearing this? I just want to play with toys. And you just push a lot. I pushed a lot of that side because yeah. I had a creative imagination. But they were, they were like the essential, like they the are. ground layer for of just, having the best life especially if you want it with people exactly and then when you communicate that and then they tie that to visual images then they can buy a piece and they can pull a piece of that home with them yeah because i i feel very strongly that emotional connections that are made with pieces when they you fall in love with the image that stays with it much like if you have a song that's happening when you're having the happiest moment of your life it will forever be tied to that song in your memory so psychologically if we can create a space that makes people supremely happy when they're here and an artist is supremely happy when they're making their piece psychology we're giving a piece of mental health to that collector that they're taking home that will always uh, 100 percent be tied to that feeling of happiness and joy like i think psychologically that's why we love art so much uh, because we tie in with whatever feelings were uh, felt by the artist when they made the piece Maybe that's just me being crazy. No, I, I see it too, and I'm thinking about the uh, what you're saying, and then also my experiences here. And I remember I was at a, a pen show. I went to two of the pen shows. I'm I've got a sickness for collecting pens, um, <laughs> as we all have our own yeah. sicknesses. But uh, a couple of the artists where I wasn't, I was kind of hesitant about. Like I kind of like that, but and then like right into it, they start telling me like what they were thinking and feeling while they were making see, it. See, good business, and right? Then I, and then I'm like, God, I'll take. Ah. I'll take it now. I don't even know why I needed to. And that's why I encourage artists to go out and do booth sales. Some people are like, oh, I don't really want to do booth sales. But it's really good because what it does is it builds those skills as a salesperson. Because we are. We have to learn. Um, I think it's important that we learn to not only be able to make our art and sell it, but to be able to communicate what we are feeling because that story, our story, I think that's that's a good pusher in order to get people to emotionally connect and fall in love with our work more, right? Because as you said, they tell you the story and you're like, oh, well, now I have to get this piece, right? 
So as an art director and an artist yourself, I looked at your work. It's really good. Thank you. Congratulations. Uh, Appreciate it. For being awesome. <laughs> What's the hardest part of hosting an event and choosing the artist and creating a general theme for the show? Um, I think one of the hardest part is trying to ensure that it's always something that's interesting to the artist because, you know, I'm human like anybody else. I can get stuck in habits, etc., and what works for one doesn't. So I always try to talk to artists and let them know, you know, I'm the same way as I want you to be. Like, I'm open to critique. I'm certainly not perfect. What am I doing to help you? What can I fix, etc.? Um, and then in pulling the themes together, I just do research. I do a lot of reading. Um, I do a lot of research into uh, different kind of color themes, and then I do an assessment of whether the artists that I'm working with that are currently really uh, prolific, meaning they have time in their schedule to work on pieces for the wall, whether that's good timing for that show or not, AKA that collaboration show in January, February is not a show that would have worked this fall because I had too many artists that were too busy with other taskings. But January, Feb's kind of after the holiday season, they have a little bit more time, which is why uh, I made the decision to kind of place it then. So there's a wide variety of things I try to look at when we're setting up shows and events. One of the big things for events here is to ensure we stack our vendors in here if they do booth sales, but make sure we've got actual plenty room for customers to walk through and more importantly, have time to stand and talk to the artist while there's still a space of egress behind them. Um, so ensuring that we have those breathable spaces and those open spaces um, is kind of sometimes a little bit of a hard task to complete because we also want to keep the gallery wall walkable at all times, which means that not only do we not put tables in that couple, three feet in front of the wall, but we want to save some walking path and room for that as well so that artists at all times have the ability to sell work on site during events. I noticed that too. You can walk around pretty easily. Yes. I did some other art shows, uh, but you just kind of throw everybody they can in there. Yeah, and that's crazy because that's counter like, yeah. That's counterintuitive to business. I mean, when you look at any storefront that's set up, smart ones always have room for customers to not only look, but room for a customer to stand and room for a customer to walk behind them. So I think that that's really important, and it's important for artists to stand up for that when they participate in events. It's important for artists to work together and say, hey, this is a really great event, but we needed more space for our customers. That feedback is what helps events get better, too. I've read a few articles about you guys. Um, one of them was from Paper City Magazine. They said you guys are one of the few standing your ground against fighting the trendy tide. A lot of Dallas artists uh, struggle to uh, have a spotlight and, and uh, get their work and their music heard. Correct. And that's one of the biggest things that I really loved about, you know, Deep Ellum Art Co. is that you actually do that. What, what do you think about all that? Do you know that you're making a difference? I, I hope you do. I believe that I'm making it. I believe we're all making a difference. I mean, when John approached me and Carrie approached me about jumping on to this uh, crazy dream of theirs, um, they hooked me because of that very intent that they communicated. You know, that they're also teacher mindsets. They want to affect and give back to the community, you know, in every way that they can. Um, and we're, we're all people. We all try. We're, like John sa says all the time, I'm, not, I'm smart enough to know I'm not smart enough. So we're certainly not perfect, 
but our whole entire intent, I believe, with every single employee from this team from the top is that we want to affect positive change to our community. And I know with the nerdy research intel side, I know that we can do this in ways that benefit the city, that increase commerce, that increase mental health, decrease behavior issues, and have so many more butterfly effects outside of just coming to, pl to a place to have a good time. Because there, there's entire study articles that show when you create spaces like this and you integrate art and culture into spaces and into city boroughs, this radiates out so many positive benefits uh, in so many different sectors that it's kind of hard for people to really not pay attention to it anymore. And I think a lot of people are catching on. There's a reason why you're seeing a lot of companies that are pulling art into their development and real estate development. Um, you see a lot of cities now that are pulling art integrated spaces um, into their main areas. Plano, for instance, has done amazing with their downtown area. The city of Plano working with Zane in order to create an art-centric and music-centric downtown has turned an area that was darn near dead 10 years ago into an area that is radically different and much more positively affected by the changes um, than I think any other changes would have resulted in. Um, so we see that people are noticing this because you see the scape changing all around you. It's how do you continue to push people to be authentic? Um, how do you push people to continue to be collaborative? Um, and how do you do that in ways that doesn't feel like pushing? So where do you see Bella Marco in the next few years? Where, where would you, you said you want to expand the community and connect with more people. Me personally, I can't speak for John and Carrie because I know that we're always working on growth to integrate. So I know that, at, you know, as a core, we want to host more of those uh, events that are festival-like so that we can continue to pull people in, uh, make our site and grounds a spot where people regularly expect to see artists with sales um, and live artwork and booths in the back so that they know this is a place to come to get things for other people or find things for myself and be ready with money in hand or the intent of I'm going to get local art tonight while I catch music because um, people aren't used to that either so it does catch people by surprise um, one of my core things is I, I'd really love to continue to have the time and uh, uh, materials to build an education program. I'm hoping at one point we'll have the time to set up a nonprofit so that we can do that separately and, and not call it an education program because we can't, but give our artists who are here locally the tools that they need that are within their means of getting because uh, money and having that always be that need for tools, there's ways for artists to do trades and learn from each other, even if it's not just always us giving classes. So how do you create a space and kind of start this new idea and concept and turn it into something that's a working wheel on a regular basis, you know? Yeah, yeah, I like that. Uh, money and because um, we have to make money as a business. Never, yeah, no, yeah, they yeah. shouldn't. But we still need to make money as a business. So we do need to ensure uh, that 
that, that success comes back monetarily, but sometimes it comes back in different ways. You know, we educate our artists, for instance, I educate and mentor artists and they go from not selling work to selling work. Well, now we're grabbing commission off the work they're selling. So we're, we're making money off of that endeavor still. So uh, to work it in ways that we're doing it smart, make sure that we're funding programs, but we're also educating artists and people too. Like anybody can paint and draw and they should. Uh, studies show that even if you don't do it well, that if you paint and draw and you do that, it will increase your IQ, it will reduce mental health issues with you personally, it'll make you better deal with your relationships with other people. Uh, studies show that it helps you sleep better. So basically the whole idea of creating is good for us as humans, yeah? And, but for some reason as adults, that's the one thing we don't do. Yeah, even people that will sing karaoke most likely will not paint something in front of a group of people or they won't attempt to. It's like we have two hemispheres in our cerebrum. Oh, my goodness. And it's uh, like they we balance do. each it, out. It's, uh, each it's other like out, we like focus a, on the left and yeah. then we forget about the right. No wonder you feel no like uh, you like, have an yeah. imbalance. Except for us left-handed people. It's in your head. We're always connected. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's always in the head. That's where everything is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, I, I love everything that you said. And I, I'm like I said, I now I'm kind of got a good idea of why you guys are generating the buzz uh, and the following. Uh, as you have been. And the success of art sales. I mean, almost every single show, we, we've sold out almost half of them. Whoa, okay, yeah. that's a so clap in the mic right there. They're fast, they're fast shows. However, we sell a lot of work off this wall every three weeks before we switch that show Oh, I've, I've been here I mean, a few shows and people got their arms full of stuff. <laughs> you see the red stamps all over the wall. You can't see mine because mine are tiny Fun pens fact, in my pockets. Fun fact, when we but. first opened, I used the traditional red dots on the wall and nobody understood what they were. So that's why we switched over to the sold stamp. That way everybody knew that that's what it meant when pieces were sold. Because we like to keep the pieces on the wall for the entirety of the show. Because um, the show itself is a piece. I mean, we hang them. I choose to hang them in symmetrical or semi-symmetrical layouts. That way it works as a cohesive unit with the um, projection mapping that takes place on the wall around it. Um, and then uh, with those sold pieces on there, it, it also kind of helps that social concept of, well, other pieces of sold, so I should probably buy one as well. So that also works. There's some marketing in there, some yes. business marketing. You yes. know a lot here. Well, uh, I think uh, I think I, uh, there's. I feel like there's a whole other like episode on just the stuff that I you do. I told you I talked a lot. No, so. I love it. I love it, uh, and I, I think everybody here listening is going to love it as well. I want to go ahead and close this guy out, Amber. I want to thank you for coming on. Thank you, Joseph. Appreciate uh, you. Absolutely. Uh, like I said, I love everything y'all are doing here. So, and I hope it continues to grow. Me too. This is like one of my favorite jobs I've ever had. So I, I hope I hope that we continue to do this for many many years to come, and keep growing. Uh, you will. You will. I, I've got a gift. He's got a gift. Of, of psychic people. abilities. Yes. Mm -hmm. It must um, have been that extra pin you bought. It was. It was. <laughs> or like the six cup of coffee. Uh, oh, between the pin and the caffeine. That's yeah. the winning combination. One more and I'll see through time. <laughs> so, but Amber, thank you so much for coming on. And I'm going to put uh, I'm going to put all Deep Ellum uh, company's links in the description along with Amber's info. I want you guys to check out her artwork and uh, but that's it for this episode. I want to thank everybody for listening. Till next time, you guys, stay creative.